Hello, lovers. Hello, dreamers. Welcome to the Drama Club. On this week's episode, we chat about the shows we're watching, Jody Turner and Joshua Jackson, Trump, and then May gets into the story of Larry Flint and Hustler Magazine. Stay tuned. What up, fam? Feels good, right? Good, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know it, dude. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcast live from C8 I didn't know you were dating fucking E.E. E. Cummings. <laughs> fucking Pablo Neruda. <laughs> oh my god, man. Am I drunk? <laughs> You'd be all right. I think uh, Tiff is one of our most quotable friends. Mm -hmm. For sure. She got the fire uh, word language, (laughs) word word play. Dude, your skin looks really nice. Oh, thank you. You're glowing. Oh, you know. (laughs) No makeup. Look, I made a frozen Marg. How fancy are you? And I use the Honor tequila. Hey, hey, hey. shout out mm-hmm. to our homie Jose Jazz. Mm-hmm. It's fucking hot. Yeah, I'm loving it though. Yeah, it's something better than the dreary rain. Yeah, I, although I love the rain and I love like being under the covers when it's raining and stuff. That's my whole ass vibe. But I yeah, know. I feel like but we, not we needed so a many days in a row, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's so, like, it was like a whole ass week, and it was like, holy shit. Yeah. And it's like the end of the season, too. So it's almost like, why are we still doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now look at this week. Shit is like, it's like an early summer. Yeah. It's wild. I'm about to get a kiddie pool, <laughs> kicking in my backyard with my dog. Hell yeah. You got to get a grill, dude. Mm-hmm. Not like you could come over, but <laughs> I can't come over, bitch. <laughs> No, <laughs> not right now. Oh my God. Did you see this motherfucker say that people should inject themselves with disinfectant? Oh, oh my God. It's beyond parody. I thought it was a joke. It's like so ridiculous. My brother sent it to me and I was like, what? How stupid. Yeah. And then I clicked it and I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it cleans. It does a good job of cleaning yeah. the lungs. And I was like. Mm. And he's looking at that doctor and she's <laughs> Like, don't wrap me into this shit. Dr. Bricks? Oh, God. Yeah. I'm still, like, she's getting on my last nerves, though, because she should, when something like that happens, I feel like she needs to. Yeah, they're to... very coward-like. Yeah. Next mm-hmm. time she, I'm not saying interrupt. I mean, yeah, sure, interrupt him. But, like, next time when she goes up to speak after, be like, oh, by the way, don't inject yourself. Inject yourself <laughs> yeah. with disinfectant. That's completely wrong. Because mm-hmm. you know due... someone's going to do it. Someone's going to do it. Yeah. He just killed somebody. Yeah. Again. And he's out there. Yeah. Looking like a turkey. <laughs> I was mad at the way this man was <laughs> at the way this man was wearing his masks the other day. And then uh-huh. and then I just realized, oh, he, he just doesn't have a chin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, why are you wearing the mask like like this? Like fucking Bane. And then <laughs> I realized he didn't have a chin. I was like, my be, my be. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> he doesn't have a chin. Damn. Yeah. How do you fold laundry? 
Get that implant, my guy. It could change yeah. your whole ass life. Yeah. Shin implants, I think, could... They're underrated. Yeah, I've always wanted one. Really? Yeah, I think they, like, make it, like a huge difference. Yeah, it's true. Totally. It does, like, so much for just, like, the structure of your face. Like, it, uh-huh. it elongates, makes you look a little bit more snatched. Mm-hmm. Nothing like looking snatched. <laughs> I listened to that song, that Whitney Houston song. It's not right, but it's okay. Oh, that's a bop. That's a fucking bop. And it has and the like, video's a bop, too. It is. And yeah. it has one of my most favorite things is when she says, like, she she's like, I heard the phone ring. You said it was one of your friends down off at the phone street. <laughs> And then she says, but why did 213 show up on your color ID? Yeah, she fucking knows. She knows what's up. Let me try and play Whitney. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Quarantines with Stephen May. <laughs> Quarantines? Is that what she said? Quarantines. Oh, I like quarantines, though. Quarantines. All right. We can call it that. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, everything be iry. <laughs> everything gonna be iry. Uh, what, do we, what do we got this week? Vince Gully's in the hospital. He's, oh, God. Don't say that to me. I don't want it Vince to be real. Vince Gully, former, uh, what is he called? Host? No. Announcer. Announcer of the Dodgers. Yeah. The Los Angeles Dodgers. Who retired maybe like three years ago now or two years ago? Actually, pushing a little bit longer. I I caught a glimpse of it the other day. I was like, damn, it's been that long. It's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. But Uh, he fell. He's hospitalized. We wish him the best. He's a fucking L.A. legend and we love him. L.A. legend. Totally like someone whose voice I can remember from when I was a small child. Yeah. Uh, You know who else was like that? Chick Hearn. The Jell-O's cold uh, as is jiggling. The refrigerator's closed. <laughs> I don't remember it. But I used to know it when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> the, the ice you know what cold, I like about going to jiggling. Dodger games, too, is like the old school fans will bring a handheld radio to listen to Vin. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. dope. That's badass. My my grandpa does that when he goes to the football games because he goes like every week. Mm-hmm. And so my dad, whenever it's like his birthday or something, like he'll send him like a nicer radio. It's like one of those that you crank, you know, yeah. like you don't have to like charge it and shit. That's dope. So I watched season one of Vita. Oh, you did? Okay, so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, and I talked to May about this on the side, but I really don't like when characters use Spanglish. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, that seems very unnatural to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't know any bilingual person that actually talks like that. It's like uh, I'll use Spanglish on the rare occasion where I cannot remember the word, like in one or in the other one, language. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like the repente you're gonna start talking like this, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that makes no fucking sense to me. Like people don't talk like that, and right. I don't know why they write characters like that. And every time it happens, it makes me cringe. <laughs> so that bothered me. Mm-hmm. And then it's a drama. So, I don't know. I just, like, I expect a lot from a drama, I think. Yes, but I would, you know, with the caveat that this is on stars. Right. It's not, like, on HBO or even Showtime. Right, exactly. So, 
like when I think of drama, I think exactly the last drama I watched was fucking Succession. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. not getting Succession level <laughs> mind games and fucking right. Vita. Okay. So, yeah, it's all right. I think maybe I would watch the next season if it was somewhere for free streaming, but I can't yeah, yeah, find yeah. it. Okay. So, I mean, tell me, does it get better in season two? <laughs> Do people still randomly go back and forth entre español y inglés por no pinche razón? <laughs> And then, like, it's always, like, they fucking enunciate the Spanish, like, super... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...paisa when they go back and forth. And I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Nobody <laughs> fucking talks like that. Um, did... Okay, so tell me more about this this Netflix show that you're watching. Is it 100% hot or something? Oh, Too Hot to Handle. Too Hot to Handle. Okay. So, at first, I was like, this is going to be, like, love is blind, something dumb. Uh-huh. Whatever. So, the basic premise is that these quote hot people Mm -hmm. are put on this little resort very love island vibes i'm receiving a message hold on hold on this is very important are they really hot uh oh okay i'm out hot people (laughs) um it's just that like the typical white boy hot prototype is like Mm -hmm. the always like the main character of like the bachelor right yeah like that kind of look for a white boy is considered uh-huh. hot by most people. Like and I don't boy, consider that boy? hot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's probably what Kavanaugh looked like back in his fucking college days. I, I want to say like, no, that's not my type. But if you're a listener, you're a frat boy, white boy, and you're single. Holla at your girl. <laughs> 505-539-0556. If I read the message, I, I'll, it'll be private. I, attorney-client privilege. I'll, I won't say shit. You can holler at me. I'm just in it for the entertainment. Anyways, so, like, I don't like that look of white boy. And obviously, they got, like, three white boys that look yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And, then, and then there's two hot black guys. And then there's... Ooh, also, Mark Paul Gossler, if you're listening to this, oh. this never applies to so you, baby. Oh, no, come Zach on. Zach Morris, baby, this never applies to you. Zach Morris was the first love of my life. <laughs> if he told me that he liked me, I would divorce Hawaii <laughs> and get married at the max because that's how deep this fucking crush runs. <laughs> me and Zach Morris, oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah. I don't know. The girls okay. are pretty. Okay. Um, everybody has a great body. Hell yeah yeah so like so like love island yeah exactly like love island vibes um so the thing is they're not allowed to engage in any sexual activity whatsoever no kissing no fucking Mm. no masturbating nothing and whoever makes it to the end (laughs) wins a hundred grand and every time someone breaks the rule which i hadn't thought about this when i started watching but i was like Mm -hmm. oh yeah obviously people are gonna break the rules the pot goes down so then other people get pissed at you yeah 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 for making the pot go down people try to keep it a secret there's a fucking robot that lives with them what the fuck a robot who spies on them that's like some 80s sitcom shit (laughs) yeah anyways it's pretty it's it's about the same level of entertaining as love island okay so if you're bored and you want to throw something on in the background and also what a fucking metaphor for what we're going on what's going on right now like everybody we need you to exhibit some restraint and right. every time you don't yeah you're making it worse for everyone damn may will you write an op-ed <laughs> in the cut about too hot to handle and <laughs> how it's a direct parallel to the covid19 <laughs> pandemic in the u.s that's Her- amazing it's already written and submitted, I would baby. Bookmark that shit <laughs> and read it later. 
Uh, I watched something that was like really near and dear to my heart. Great. I said I watched fucking Vita <laughs> and Too Hot to Handle. May's gonna fucking be like, I watched Faulkner and his. No, no, you know, you know what I'm. No, you don't know what I'm about to say, but when I say it, you'll appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, okay. that that tickled documentary, tickled. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this was like one of my favorite documentaries from a couple years ago. I rewatched it yesterday. That shit goes. It's that so bizarre, is, right? Like so, the hole that he falls into. Yeah, you can't imagine how deep that goes. Right, and yeah, and that one. Remember, he confronts the guy outside of Starbucks. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a it's great so documentary. Everybody watched Tickled. It's about the world of competitive. It's about the dark side of the world of competitive endurance tickling. Yeah, <laughs> that's so random, but it's it's a really good documentary. Yeah. I started watching Everybody Knows last night because I wanted to watch a separation and I couldn't find it streaming oh, anywhere. No? Really? I, f- yeah. I feel like I just, not even at the library? Bitch, I didn't go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> you should download, you should download the library app. It's so fucking good. They have so many good movies. Really? Yeah. It's so fucking great. Canopy. That's what it's All called. Right. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it. Fuck. You ain't got to tell me. <laughs> Canopy. Yeah. I was like, man, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I'll watch that. Yeah. And then I couldn't find it. And then I was like, I'll watch Everybody Knows. I love Penelope. Yeah. I want to see. There's this one that I keep putting off. It's called uh, uh, like Mama or something. I don't know. I always see it like come up in my uh, in my Netflix, but I've never oh, clicked on it. Oh, me too. With Penelope, right? Yeah. Yeah. I never um, clicked on it, but like I was like, oh, I've never heard of this movie. I'm going to watch it. You know which one? I Fun fact. Pedro Almodovar is my favorite director. And so, of course, like I've seen all of his movies, but I was just thinking, I remember Broken that's Embraces. So said that. That's so funny that you said that because I was about to bring up a Pedro movie. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Broken Embraces is one that I feel like I, you know, obviously watched when it came out, but I don't remember watching it that many times. So I don't remember the details of it. And I was like, I need to rewatch that fucking movie. Well, you do. Okay. So this is really weird because mm-hmm. I was about to tell you last Saturday... I was, we were talking about uh, Pedro, me and Joel, you know, we're on a first name basis, <laughs> Pedro yeah. and uh, the skin I live in. Yeah. And well, that's a fucking fantastic movie. That's a fucking bop. I watched yeah. that movie with you at your, uh, at my cottage house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always think about that. Yeah. Cause you didn't have air conditioning. It was hot in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. I love that place. Yeah. That place was dope. Anyways, we were talking about that movie and then we just started talking about Pedro and I asked Howell if he had ever seen all about my mother and he hadn't so well uh, we rented it and watched it it's so good yeah yeah so we rented it and watched it and he was like dude this is so good and he told me he's never seen broken embraces so we're gonna watch that probably tomorrow uh oh we should do a netflix party thing that'd be sick is it on netflix i don't know but i think but on that website on 27 i think it's called you could do like from anywhere oh we should totally do that so I've been thinking a lot about all about my mother also because it's my favorite movie in it's so good in conjunction with all about Eve. And I was trying to think of another example of a piece of art that I like or I love because it's it elevates another piece of art that I love. And I was like, that is so fucking strange yeah that's a cool like bizarre thing yeah all about eve is so much better because of all about my mother mother. and vice versa and like it's 
I don't know. It's it's my favorite. I think of those as my two favorite movies, but I think of them as one movie, sort of. Even though they have very little to do with each other. It's, I don't know. How high were you? (laughs) (laughs) I watched Tickled, then I started thinking about this shit. (laughs) Yeah, that's what's up. What else happened? Any celebrity news? Oh, that's right. That's what we talked about. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, no. Oh, I wrote down Kim Jong-un. Oh. <laughs> Reports say North Korean leader Kim Jong-un may be dead. Get well Get well soon, baby. <laughs> <laughs> because in and this time, I... we need capable leaders that don't tell people to inject Clorox. <laughs> Man, then I started thinking, remember Kim Jong-un died on Tomb Gam's birthday? Was like our only Korean friend. What? He died on Tukam's birthday? Yes. Oh, Tukam, you a legend for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Aside from being cute as fuck, yeah. you, you also killed down. Kim Jong <laughs> That shit's amazing. Oh, God. Uh, you still haven't watched the season of Real Housewives, huh? No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't I started talk, it. I want to talk to you about it. So fucking I'm bad. I'm sorry. Because it seems. I still like... think the ba- the fa- the best show on TV is 90 Day Fiance. Oh, a fucking yeah, yeah. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best show on TV. Period. They need to win a Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> and they should. They could even have like a more serious tone 90 Day Fiance that like tells you about the how things are affected by the current administration and how they can't right. like get pieces they could put they could throw that shit on a and e or whatever the fuck yeah. <laughs> i watch that shit too oh my god when they do the interviews they got a black screen behind yes. this <laughs> like intervention like fucking hoarders watch the shit out of that <laughs> my mom was, my mom was just telling me she was like have you seen because i guess there's like a 90 day fiance quarantine edition and <laughs> i haven't seen that yet but she told me there was one part that was really sad if you guys are fans of the show uh david and annie were a couple that i kind of really didn't fuck with when they were on the show me either but they're pillow talk right yeah they're so sweet so cute and she's hilarious they're Mm -hmm. so cute anyway they're like he's like a million years older than her she's thai at first he i thought he was like a sex tourist but no they really love each other and they're yeah and she's dope i love her too shit i I love her anyway um my mom told me that they were saying on the show nine day fiance quarantine edition that uh she's been getting death threats because she's asian what people are so fucking ignorant i hate it that's so disgusting yeah the fuck is wrong with y'all educate yourselves yeah do something (laughs) (laughs) and shut the fuck up while you're at it (laughs) you know like (laughs) Uh, like how much effort is that like to actually do that to somebody why because that i always think about that like i'm sure that there are people that have hate in their heart but like to go beyond just feeling it to acting on it even in the quote-unquote minuscule way of sending someone a threat yeah, you have to type effort? it out. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah, fucking ridiculous. Yeah, go have a beer. Like, yeah, go have, like hug a loved one. Yeah, fucking chill. Hmm. There was an earthquake this week. Oh damn, that's news. Breaking news. <laughs> it was great because it happened at 
exactly midnight on 422, which is my mom's birthday. And uh, I was like, oh. Oh, Earth Day. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're so ridiculous. Uh, I made chili this week also. Ooh, you did? Damn, that's nice. Well, I have this really fantastic recipe that I've spent like, it's the basis of it is already fucking great, but I've spent like years kind of perfecting it. And the reason why I like it is because you have to put uh, coffee and beer in it. And okay. So it's like, it's almost like doing one of those challenges where it's like, you gotta smoke a blunt, then you gotta like, snort salt and take a shot of tequila because oh right 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 right. i gotta like drink half a half a a cup of coffee then i gotta put two big pours of a beer and then chug the beer god damn (laughs) by the time the chili's in it fucked up exactly uh the every time i make chili i use guy fieri's recipe and that shit slaps i'll tell you i know it's fucking good but it's busy that one i think there's a lot of different shit in it yeah Yeah. and a lot of different types of meat Mm -hmm. yeah but it's bomb and also i think guy fieri is my celebrity crush (laughs) i feel you he's nice as fuck every time nice i see some news about him it's just like the nicest shit like he makes fun of himself yeah yeah Yeah. i'm down for this guy (laughs) also also for this guy also shout out to Man versus food, Adam Adam Rickman, who Reddit says has a big dick. Yeah, I remember you wanted to DM that fool. You started following him on our Instagram. This is why we don't get new followers. Because look at the people you're out here following. My thirst follow for man versus food. A shout out to man versus wild, just because. That was a great show. I think it's still on, and now he does it with celebrities. Oh, that's cute. So it's like he'll take Zac Efron to eat some bull testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you're drinking wine. You're fancy. Was, I was going to make a cocktail, but then I remembered that I opened this yesterday and it's getting warm. So I don't oh, want yeah, it to got, like. Yeah, you got to drink it. That guy, Josh Jackson from Dawson's Creek. He had a baby with his, his oh, yeah. model. Josh Jackson is wife. so cute. I love him. And his wife is bomb as fuck. Jodie yeah, Turner. Yeah, she's like super bomb. Her body's amazing. Yeah. So that was cute. I was like, oh, that's some good ass news. For fans of The Affair, which is not a good show. But if you watched <laughs> but if you watched all of it, which I, I enjoyed most of the run of The Affair. But anyway, he's on that and he's like so cute. We're just wearing like nice little plaid shirts tucked into his very nice jeans with like a thick brown belt. That's the look right there. Mm-hmm. Call me Joshua Jackson. <laughs> no, man, he just had a baby. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Never mind. <clears throat> Zach Morris, call me. There you go. Uh, that's all I got. I don't think there's much going on other than this. Look at this idiot Trump. I was being sarcastic. I saw that. No, you go weren't, mother. Fuck yourself, bro. And, and if you were, that's fucking horrendous. That you think that you can fucking joke during a pandemic when fifty thousand people today, fifty thousand Americans died in total so far in this crisis and you think you can fucking joke around and be sarcastic fuck you either way you're either an idiot or you're an asshole so yep you're either with us or against (laughs) us bro yep remember when i talked to you about how i was scared about the opioid yeah that was another moment and i was like damn me smoking a lot (laughs) (laughs) thinking about deep shit this morning or it might have been yesterday the la times published an article talking exactly about that Mm mm-hmm how there's going to be an increase in 
deaths and also Wuhan province, where uh, most likely COVID-19 started, is one of the epicenters of the world where they make the raw materials to make fentanyl. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. Fentanyl is like what they prescribe for someone coming off heroin? Mm-mm. Or no. it's not? No, you're thinking of methadone. Okay. So fentanyl is the same kind of drug as heroin? Yes, but it's super, super, super. It's like a thousand times heroin. It's what? like It's like for the worst. It's for the person that's in the worst possible pain that you cannot control with morphine. You can't control with uh, Vicodin. Any other opioid, your last resort is fentanyl. And it's prescribed very, very um, tightly. Like they, they don't take that lightly for you to like get a prescription for fentanyl. That's really scary. That's fucking crazy, me. Yeah. How do you? I don't know. I feel bad for these people. Like that guy that died. That that's why we talked about it. Yeah. What was his name? Teddy He's Bear. In, yeah. Gummy Teddy Bear. Bear. Gummy, Gummy Bear. Bear. He was like a. He was like a. Celebutant. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the Paris Hilton days, his brother too. They're like an oil errors or some shit like that, right? And they're and they're oily and they're greasy. Yeah, and they look yeah. greasy. Anyways, we talked he, about we talked about his brother when Brandon he, when we did the episode on uh, fire Lindsay Lohan's a fire crotch. Right, Brandon Davis's brother. He died a few months ago, or maybe like a month ago. And I think me and May talked about it, but it came out that uh, the uh, toxicology. There you go. It was actually a fentanyl overdose. Yeah. My God. Imagine your addiction is so bad to where nothing does it for you anymore. And now you've got to do fentanyl. It's fucked up, man. Mm. Don't ever want to do no drugs <laughs> except for weed. I want <laughs> a little bit of Molly. I want and maybe do- a coke, a little bit of coke sometimes. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to do. I just want to do the fun drugs. Remember, <laughs> remember that show or that that movie, um, Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down, mm-hmm. when they say like, "These Shout are the- Megan Markle." <laughs> these are the fun drugs and these are the bad drugs. I just want to do the fun drugs. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they're uh they kind of like uh came and went, huh? Harry and Megan, they like they were yeah, like, "We're yeah. out." Yeah, now they're in LA. They were in Canada for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now they're in LA. I saw them handing out allegedly food. handing out food or something. I was like, "Okay." Mhm. Just totally putting a damper on their plans. They wanted to be like out and about yeah fucking socializing yeah you could have stayed a few more months in the in royalty for this shit i mean seriously <laughs> i would have loved to have a fucking butler right about now <laughs> in a fucking mansion <laughs> okay parasite in the countryside <laughs> parasite. that's your go-to i was just thinking of uh i screenshotted this other um fucking modern family thing the other day which i never really i never watched that show you guys one time put it on when we were all together because you guys watched it it was good in the early but then it got like real corny and i i saw this meme so i'll just read it to you okay he says you took a three-hour nap yesterday and the kid says yeah Uh i was tired from the marathon and he says the downton abbey marathon and he says (laughs) that family's exhausting Yeah. Oh, I want to watch the Downton Abbey movie. I think it's Ooh, out now. We should do that. You know what I was thinking that w- would be fun for us to do a Netflix party thing? Like uh, all of us? Yes, but speci- all of us, but specifically you and me, Daria. We should watch like a little bit of Daria. May, we should. How yeah. could we record it and like then post it for people who like us? 
Oh, I guess we could do like a, we could do one of those Instagram live things. Oh yeah. But both of us. Yeah. Like how they do the beat battles and stuff. Oh, okay. Cool. They can live together and work together and build America together because they're free. Free to vote. To say what they please. All right. What's up, everyone? My name is Stephanie. Hey, guys. My name is May. This is the Drama Club, a.k.a. El Club de Drama. <laughs> we we talk here. about celebrities, scandals, gossip, biographies, music, movies. And more. And more. Yeah. Welcome. Ooh, I wanted to give a shout out before I forget. Mm-hmm. Super shout out. Super duper shout out. <laughs> we got, in case you can't tell, we have been drinking today. Yeah. Um, We got a really nice email today. It's like the nicest email I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> from Norka. Yeah, from Norka. She said, first of all, she said that she she recommended and she gave me like a little recipe of what she was planning to do for and arroz con leche icing for the oh, cinnamon yeah, roll. Oh, yeah, which in a second, try. give us an update on how that turned out. Yeah, for sure. And and at the end, she put, thanks for all that you both do. I'm working from home processing EEG collections, and you all helped me survive it. Uh, it is good to see two Latina women being gutsy, smart, fabulous, and funny as hell. Although I'm a million years older than both of you, you all are my role models. Signed, Norca. That's so sweet. It's so sweet. I love her. We also got a um, a new review on mm. uh, fuck. I'm faded. Apple. Sorry. <laughs> Apple. Yeah. Sorry. Uh-huh. On iTunes. Uh-huh. What What does it say? From N. E. Martinez says, "I just want to say thanks to you, chicas. Y'all make me laugh and help me through my workday. Keep up the laughs and great job. Hearing y'all from New Mexico. Hey, that's dope." Yeah, that's awesome. I want to go to New Mexico. I want to go to uh, the, the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Shout out to New Mexico. That shit's dope. Yeah, so shout out to y'all. Oh, and thank you. Somebody gave us, um, someone linked us up with another podcast, right? Oh, yeah. Prairie, our homegirl Prairie, whose uh-huh. name we just learned on Instagram. <laughs> she took what we said to heart last week <laughs> and she hooked us up with some friends that of podcasts that she likes um danny from danny pellegrino mm-hmm. and also oh uh, i like danny pellegrino he's funny on twitter everything iconic sorry mm-hmm. that's the name of his podcast and then bitch sesh and cardition it oh really anyway so thank you for that yeah hell yeah and where the rest of y'all at <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me eat one last sake and then I'm going to start. <laughs> we should write Vida. Hey. That, should, that should would be funny. <laughs> Is it a drama? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I kind of want to finish watching Everybody Knows. I like uh, Javier. He, he's a problematic yeah. fave. I don't know why I like I'm attracted to him. He's not attractive, but I'm attracted to him. No, he is attractive, but he's not like handsome. Right. He's not like textbook yeah, or whatever. But he's but he's like he's very so confident. Sexual. Yes. And like yeah. forward. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Love him. OK, so here's one that I knew was interesting, but I went into knowing basically nothing about, which is a little bit rare for me. So this week, I'm doing the story of Larry Flint. Oh, cool, man. This one is total drama club territory because it has politics, sex, violence, scandals, and more. Hey. (laughs) So let's get to it. 
I watched The People versus Larry Flint starring Woody Harrelson as Larry, which I realized I had love never... Him. I had never, like, oh, yeah, I love him. He's another person who I feel like is sexy. But not, like, textbook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's got something. Yeah. His accent is great. I know. And he yeah. seems like a cool, just like a cool dude. Like, you he can kick it with him. He knows how to dress. Him. Yeah. 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 So, this is I'm a movie. hit it. <laughs> This is a movie that I realized that I'd never like really sat down and seen. Like I'd seen, of course, like pieces of it, but they used to play it on like VH1 or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's exactly how I'd seen it, like with commercials and shit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, it's streaming for free right now. So yeah, I was happy to watch it. I think it's a, a decent movie. So go watch it if you haven't seen it. I also read the Vice article by Drew Millard called "The Pervert Who Changed America." Vice used to be great. I mean, it's still good. Like, but sometimes. But it's problematic. Don't you, don't you think they should be? It's totally problematic. Mm -hmm. But should the cut? I feel like does incredible investigative journalist journalism that I think taps into what's hot and hits like the zeitgeist in a way that Vice should and never does. Yeah. No. For sure. Like they broke. I still the, read. I read Vice probably like every day. Like I go on there. I mean, I love it. But yeah. Why didn't Vice do the? you know the anna delvey story the soho Grifter. because it's run by men yeah 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 true and the caroline calloway story yeah exactly you know? they don't give a fuck about that they think it's be beneath them and when viceland first came on i feel like all the shows were fucking amazing viceland was great yeah esquire's network was great too i was thinking it about was. the getaway the other day yeah oh that was a why was i thinking show, about man. that i don't remember but i was thinking about you too and i was like why did i go away that was so good <laughs> Okay, so Larry Claxton Flint Jr. was born in Lakeville, Kentucky on November 1st, 1942. He had two younger siblings, Judy and Jimmy Ray, and his parents were poor. And I mean poor. Uh, yeah, country poor is another level of poor. Yeah, exactly. His mom, Edith, took care of the family, and his dad, Larry Sr., was a sharecropper. So... He was a sharecropper in Lakeville, which at the time was one of the poorest cities in the country. So think about that. Like, this is, like, basically the lowest level of society for whites anyway. Right, right. In the movie, they only show his childhood for, like, a hot second, but I got a lot of Dick Whitman Mad Men vibes. Ooh, okay. Like, I was waiting for someone to get kicked in the face by a horse and die. Right. <laughs> According to Larry's autobiography, he suffered some sexual trauma as a child. First, when he was seven, a 13-year-old girl fondled his penis. What? Yeah. It sucks because, like, obviously, as a child and as a young adult, this 13-year-old girl should have respect for other people's bodies. But there's also, like, that you don't know, I guess, what you're doing. Like, you're experimenting. Right. Remember there's... when Lena Dunham said some weird shit about her and her sister touching each other? Mm-hmm. That's another thing that we should talk about. But yeah, I feel like I'm not educated enough in that <laughs> in that subject to talk about that some, also like let's not like completely disregard some little kids do fucking know what they're doing yeah for sure yeah yeah you know but so, but you know eight with age comes more wisdom so obviously mm -hmm. 13 is still pretty young right it's still wrong yeah for sure okay and then when he was nine he caught one of his grandma's chickens and penetrated it what with Why? his penis for the people in the what? back. <laughs> Why? And then in a panic, he he killed the chicken. 
because he was like, what the fuck am I doing? And like panicked and killed it. Hey. Yeah, it's really bad. Oh, God. Anyway, like I said, the Flints had it rough, especially because Larry Sr. had to go away. Not as rough as that chicken. <laughs> I beat it at chicken. <laughs> Bet you wish you were a spicy chicken sandwich, baby. Yep. So, so they had it rough, especially because Larry Sr. had to go away for years to fight during World War II. Wow. So for a minute, poor Edith was basically on her own, just trying to make it work with the three kids. When Larry Sr. came home from war, it seems like things didn't get much better for the Flints because poor baby Judy died of leukemia at the age of four. Oh, my God. It's like it goes from worse to worse with this family. It's like and everybody who came home from World War Two wasn't right. Yeah. Wasn't fucking right, basically. Mm-hmm. So the death of baby Judy really blew up their family and led the Flints to divorce with Edith taking Larry to live in Indiana in 1952 and Jimmy to stay in Kentucky with their grandmother. Okay. I don't know why the fuck, like, what the fuck happened to Larry Sr. around this time and why he apparently wasn't in charge of either of his kids. Like I said, people come back. Yeah. Over, but maybe he, it was better that he didn't take Yeah. Care. No, yeah, good point. Uh, but the brothers weren't separated for too long because two years after he left, Larry moved back to Kentucky after clashing with Edith's new boyfriend. Hmm. Also around this time, Larry tried to run away from home when a man claiming to be a police officer forcibly performed oral sex on him. What? Like, he had run away from home, and then this guy who was pretending to be a cop was like, how old are you? Where are you going? Like, where are your parents or something? And then force him to... And he's how old at this time? Um, he's he's a, he's a teenager. He's like 15 or something. <gasps> Me. Oh, my yeah. God. It shook Larry, who thought at the time he was like, oh, I'm a grown, I can do that. I can like go out on my own. But then like, this is like the first thing that happens to him. So, so he goes back home, like he goes running back home and then he stays home for a little bit. Larry got a forged birth certificate and ran away to join the army after ninth grade at only 15 years old in 1957. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. More Dick Whitman vibes, by the way. Seriously. After he was honorably discharged from the army, Larry bounced around a little bit. First, he moved back to Indiana near his mom to work for General Motors. Then, back to Kentucky to become a bootlegger, where he ended up having to flee because the law started looking for him. Oh, wow. Then, in 1960, he joined the Navy, not the Rihanna Navy, the regular one, and he became a radar operator on the USS Enterprise. He did four years in the Navy and was honorably discharged in 1964. During his time in the Navy, he was married to a woman named Mary, but they got divorced almost as soon as he got out. Hmm. In 1965, Larry took $1,800 that he had in savings and bought a shitty little dive bar in Dayton, Ohio called the Kiwi. Oh. That's a cute name for a bar, the Kiwi. Because then you can say like to your friends, oh, meet me at the Kiwi after work on Friday or whatever. Right. So he fixed it up a little bit, and not too long after, he was pulling in $1,000 a week. Which is really great, because he only invested $1,800. And he used that money to buy not one, but two shitty little dive bars, and soon had the makings of a shitty little empire on his hands. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's all we could all (laughs) hope for in this world. So... 
what can we call our boy Larry? A hustler. Yeah, I mean. Ooh, foreshadowing. And hustle he did. Because Larry was working around 20 hours a day to make these bars pop off. I was going to say, owning a bar is a lot of work. And he owned at least three at this point. That's crazy. And we all know there's only one way to do that. Right, Judy Garland? Right. <laughs> Pep Bills, Bennies, Black Beauties, Crank, Ice, Speed, Uppers. Right, Liza? Right, Mama. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Amphetamines. <laughs> so Larry was fucking cracked out all day, every day, just working his ass off. Then he decided to try to step his game up and try to open like a classier joint. Because, like, these are all dive bars. One that would feature new dancers. And being the hustler that he was, naturally, he called it the Hustler Club. Nice. Hustler is just a good name. It's a great name. I would love to go to a strip club right now. (laughs) (laughs) Go fucking literally anywhere right now. Tell me why the med spa, like, where I get fillers and shit, called me today. I was on the bike, so I had to, like, stop and talk to them. And they were like, oh, we just reopened. And if you want to come back in to get whatever you want to get, it's going to be, uh, we'll give you $50 off. And I was like, how is that allowed? That's not. That's, that's fucked up. That shit is not okay. I'll do it, but that shit is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So since his first divorce in 65, he married and divorced two more women, Peggy and Kathy, in these early days of the Hustler Club. And it was at the Hustler Club where he would meet his girlfriend and later fourth wife, Althea. P.S. Larry has five kids, but I don't know who the moms are. So just FYI, that's also happening in the background. Okay. Anyway, Althea, let's talk about her for a minute because she's really interesting. When she was eight in 1961, her abusive father shot and killed her mother. Whoa. Her grandfather and her mom's best friend before finally killing himself what yeah fucking crazy holy shit man that's like the fucking janku chicken murders or whatever yeah zanku zanku there you go um althea's grandmother escaped the shooting by hiding in a nearby creek what but how terrifying is that oh my god yes althea and her siblings were then put into orphanages but althea ran away because she was molested multiple times after being placed in foster homes so they would, like, put her in a foster home, and then the man would touch her, and she wow. would run away. And this happened, like, two or three times or something. So then she was like, fuck this, yeah, and ran away from the or- orphanage. Mm-hmm. So it's a total nightmare scenario. And so when she's 17, she's like, fuck this, and she takes off. She runs away. Obviously, with a fake ID, she gets a job at a, as a dancer at the Hustler Club in 1971. She's played by Courtney Love in the movie, by the way. Mm, okay and courtney is really great in this we've talked about this before (laughs) it's like it's perfect for her yeah yeah she is althea anyway yeah but we've talked about this before but there's a universe where courtney love stays clean and becomes robert downey jr like the female robert downey jr yeah (sighs) okay so (laughs) (laughs) imagine courtney loves like Charlize theron at this point yes exactly Mm -hmm. and she could she could have done it Mm -hmm. yeah it's really sad yeah uh So in a lot of ways, Althea and Larry were a goddamn match made in heaven because they made a really good team. She was a hustler, too. And once she was in the mix, Larry and Jimmy, his brother, started opening up a string of hustler clubs, eight in total, with each making between a quarter to a half million bucks a year. 
god damn yeah me- all from eighteen hundred dollars uh-huh yeah That's it's amazing wild yeah and larry and like and the fact that althea just fucking walked into his life and was just like i got like she started running the clubs basically so right. he could like think of like the next bigger better thing right so it's like oh my god anyway uh, and larry also started dabbling in publishing by buying a small local newspaper that's when he published a two-page newsletter to advertise the clubs featuring of course the girls and it was called the hustler newsletter in january of 1972 by the next year, 1973, the newsletter had become so popular that it was now 32 pages and Althea ran the clubs while Larry got more into this publishing side. Jesus. 1973 was also the year where the U.S. slipped into a recession. So unfortunately for Larry and Althea, the club started to struggle and went into debt. He decided that it might be a good time to turn the newsletter into a full-on magazine to possibly compete with Playboy since he didn't see himself and men like him represented in Playboy. Right, because Playboy's like bougie. Yeah, exactly. It, it For him, he thought Playboy was pretentious. And that, like, you know, there's like a famous interview of him where he's like, my magazine is for men who just want to see like naked women. Yeah, like, exactly. like, they don't want to read articles. They don't want to know how to make a fucking Manhattan. Yes, that's exactly they, it. They yeah. just want to see the coochie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, the men I know don't read the articles anyway. So why mm-hmm. the fuck are we pretending? Why are we dressing up this quote-unquote dirty thing with these articles in between that no one gives a fuck about? Right. So he had this vision to create a magazine for the men like him, for this for the blue-collar working-class men. Right. So he deferred payment of the club's tax debts and invested those funds to print the first real issue of Hustler in July of 1974 with Althea as its first centerfold. Althea was also a co-publisher and editor at Hustler, and her role would only get bigger as time went on. Larry's goal was to basically make a titty magazine for the everyman, the man who didn't want to read a civil rights article between two photos of nude ladies holding flowers. (laughs) And by November of 1974, just a few months after the first issue, Hustler published its first, quote unquote, pink shots, a.k.a. photos of open vulvas. Oh, my God, man. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's revolutionary. Yeah. What year is it? 74. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking pictures of that. (laughs) Roaming around. (laughs) Roaming around. (laughs) And, you know, I, I think women are beautiful and i 100 percent wish there was a publication right now where we could see consistently beautiful artistic nudes of women but personally i've never looked at a nude and thought you know what this needs more open <laughs> vulva <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that you know and and praise be that we live in a time and a place where it's okay to pose and publish pics like this but that's just not my personal preference <laughs> yep under his eye <laughs> praise be praise be and the men in America, the men of America of 1974 disagreed with me, I guess, because within a year, Larry was able to pay off his tax debt. Wow. And the magazine proved to be a moneymaker for him. It was a struggle, though, because each and every month the magazine's distributors fought him on actually publishing it because store and newsstand owners would pull it from the shelves for being too explicit. Hmm. So obviously, Hustler was far from being mainstream. Right. 
But then in 1975, Larry caught a break. He was approached by a paparazzo who was stalking Jackie O with a telephoto lens while she was on vacation. And he took photos of our girl Jackie while she was sunbathing nude on Aristotle's Island, Scorpios. Larry paid big bucks at the time for the photos, $18,000, which was a huge investment for him. And he put them in his August 1975 issue. $18,000 for nude pictures of Jackie Onassis? Yeah. That's crazy. I wonder how much they would go for now. Imagine. Millions, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that issue sold 1 million copies within a few days. Days. Because, I mean, if you think about it, this is unprecedented. Like, when have we ever seen a former first lady naked? Nude. I mean, no. now now Melania, we've seen her. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. She don't count. She, is she a first lady? <laughs> is that, mm, is that what she is? <laughs> Hashtag be best. Uh, <laughs> so, he sells a million copies within a few days, and this put Hustler on the national map and made Larry a millionaire. Today, his net worth is reportedly in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Larry is a fucking asshole, obviously, for publishing these photos. Yeah, that's rude. Um, And there are a lot of things that were published in the magazine that were problematic. There were photos of pre-op trans women that were meant to be shocking and, like, pointed at. Not meant to for arousal like all the other pictures of women. It was like, oh, look at this fucking crazy shit. Yeah. He did break some barriers but it wasn't like for the right reasons it was like he he published photos of trans women to like laugh at them or something you know like oh, it was no. like yeah uh, and these unapproved photos of right jackie o yeah remember and, when that trashy magazine did that i think daily mail did that of kate middleton she was sunbathing oh yeah yeah and they posted all the topless uh photos of her that's fucked up yeah it's super fucked up and uh, often women were portrayed in really shitty ways. One famous one involved a photo of a of a woman being fed into a meat grinder because get it, she's a piece of meat, you know. Um, there were quote unquote jokes that were clearly racist, even for the time. Wow, it, it's so like I just like a lot of feminist critics. I think have a lot of problems with Hustler that have. I don't Nothing. think I've ever actually seen a Hustler magazine. I've never seen one in the flesh either. I've only like seen th- the stories about like things like this, like the mm. like the Jackie story that makes me think like this is like a fucking problematic ass magazine. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So obviously like there are problems with the magazine that have literally nothing to do with the fact that it's porn or, you know. Anyway, the next year in 1976, Larry and Althea were married. So by all means, the Flints were on top of the world. But also beginning in 1976 were a string of legal problems for Larry that threatened to bring both himself and Hustler down. Hmm. In Cincinnati, Ohio, Larry was brought in on charges of organized crime and obscenity by Ohio prosecutor Simon Lays, who just so happened to be head of a local anti-pornography committee. P.S. in the movie, this is when my crush Edward Norton enters the picture as Larry's lawyer, Alan Isaacman. Edward Norton is fun. He's so cute. And, and he's, he's such a good Sama actor. Hayek. Yeah. Yes. And he's such a good actor. He's got a cool uh, repertoire. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Where are you at? You know I what see I was him thinking more. about? Uh, 
Oh, I watched Ex Machina on like uh, Wednesday Ars- or something. Oscar Isaac, love him. Yeah, he doesn't look good in that movie, but still. Yeah. That movie's so good. It makes you yeah. like him. I like when he dances. Yeah, it's funny because he's like, why did you tear up the picture of me? And he's like, I'm about to tear up this dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, when you finish, it's like, oh, other films like this or whatever. Yeah. And I started thinking about Matt Damon because I was like, mm-hmm. he's always in these like suspenseful, action-y, sometimes sci-fi yeah. type films. Mm-hmm. He's not someone I consider a great actor, but goddamn, is he hyped. He has a lot of personality. I respect it. Yeah. It's because they like they were like a little firework because they came out with fucking Goodwill Hunting, right? And it was mm-hmm. like such like a big deal that they did that. Also, I, was, I don't think Matt Damon's particularly fine. So I'm like. Sometimes he's cute. Like now that he's aged. No, he's not a bad looking guy. He's, he's not, just not like fine. Right. Yeah. Uh. I was just thinking about Kate Hudson, who I usually in my mind, I think like one of the first things that comes to mind about Kate Hudson is she has great style. Like I always love what she's wearing on the red carpet. Yeah. And her style is so like authentic. Like it's just like, of course, that's how this girl dresses with that personality and that hair. And yes, yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. But fuck girls who I love put together like a little slideshow of her looks and when i saw them all back to back to back i was like actually in hindsight like i don't love a lot of this mm-hmm. but she it's sells she sells it i think yeah. like i think when i watch her walk the carpet and she's just like so full of joy and like she's just mm-hmm. she's got so much personality i think that that's what makes me love something love a look from her yeah she's like a diamond amongst all these peasants yeah no it's true like she's actually different you know and everybody's just trying to be the fucking same so edward norton plays alan isaacman and alec isaacman is a civil liberties attorney so obviously he was super interested in this case but the charges were complete bullshit larry had nothing to do with organized crime and in all likelihood simon lays just wanted to make a name for himself in the state of ohio But Simon succeeded in his case against Larry, and Larry was convicted and sentenced to 7 to 25 years in prison. What? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Luckily, Larry only ended up serving six days in jail, and the sentence was overturned on appeal due to judicial and jury bias and prosecutorial... Ooh, I am faded. Prosecutorial misconduct. Also, what they do? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't say what it was. But I would imagine that because he was the prosecutor was on the like on the board of whatever that county's anti-pornography committee that it had something to do with that. Right. Also, in 1976, a libel suit was filed against Larry by Kathy Keaton, the girlfriend of Bob Guccione, who was the publisher of Hustler's rival magazine, Penthouse. Oh, fuck. There's another magazine I've never seen. Yeah. <laughs> Larry had published a derogatory cartoon featuring Kathy. Oh. And she, <laughs> and she filed a lawsuit in the state of New Hampshire, specifically there, because it was one of the states in which Hustler's readership was the lowest. Ooh, I love when people have lawsuits that are smart like that. Right. It's like, we're going to file it in this state because this state has this one fucked up law. Yeah. Or whatever. Ex- 
Okay, so you're going to like this. Okay, cool. Larry's lawyers argued that Kathy should not be legally allowed to file a suit in a random jurisdiction like New Hampshire. And this matter actually went all the way to the United States Supreme Court in yeah. a case known as Keaton v. Hustler Magazine. Ooh, that's a tight-ass name. Larry lost this case. And in front of the Supreme Court, justices yelled, Fuck this court. You're nothing but eight... <laughs> You're nothing but eight assholes and a token cunt. The quote-unquote token cunt was fucking hero and first woman to serve on the court, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) He said that to the Supreme Court? Yeah, he stood up in court and said that shit. Holy (laughs) shit. Larry was then arrested for contempt of court. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, once again, Larry's a fucking asshole. Like, I, I don't shit. I don't like him, not because he's a pornographer, but because he's a fucking dick. Could you imagine saying that to any judge? Like, your lowest state-level judge. Fucking to any woman. Yeah, like, seriously, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Keaton v. Hustler is now taught in first-year law school civil procedure because it set a precedent regarding jurisdiction. Damn, I don't remember that case. I took that <laughs> class, though. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg as far as Larry's legal troubles go. He was hit with bullshit obscenity charges left and right, more than any of us would care to count. And he made it a point to challenge each and every one of them in court, becoming one of this country's honestly most unlikely champions of our constitutionally protected First Amendment rights. And I will say that as much as I dislike Larry personally, he does seem to do this as much or arguably more for noble reasons than for his own self. Like, you would think it would be publicity, Right. But I think he does truly care about the First Amendment. Right. He always talks about how if the First Amendment is exercised to protect the most, quote unquote, tasteless of speech like him, then by extension, it will protect everyone else's. Hmm. Problematic fucking amendments. (laughs) (laughs) In 1977, President Jimmy Carter's sister, Ruth, reached out to Larry. This was extremely out of left field because Ruth Carter was a very prominent and devout evangelical Christian. She embraced Larry as a friend, and as a result of their friendship, Larry became baptized a born-again Christian. Holy shit! Yeah. He says he had a vision from God while he was with Ruth. However, he didn't pull Hustler from the newsstands because he vowed he was going to, quote, hustle for God. (laughs) (laughs) he just wanted to tweak the format of hustler a little bit like no more shots of ladies alone only in the context of a man beside her like adam and eve the way god intended (laughs) and more toned down in general no more pink shots but althea put her fucking foot down (laughs) she she was like no (laughs) they could take my liberty but they will not take my pink shots give me pink shots or give me death Althea was like, I am the captain now. Because <laughs> every change that Larry was trying to make was alienating and antagonizing their audience. Right. So she kept pushing back at him to try to steady, steady the ship that Larry was ready to sink. In the midst of all of this, Larry was in the middle of a legal battle related to an obscenity charge down in Georgia. So one day in March of 1978, he was in Georgia on his way to the courthouse when a gunman shot both Larry and his attorney from across the street right in front of the courthouse. That's so scary. Oh, that happens all the time, by the way. Really? Yeah. Lawyers be getting killed. Mm. So the, the gunman escaped, 
but had gravely injured Larry. His attorney almost died, but his injuries weren't as bad as Larry's, and he was eventually able to recover. Larry was paralyzed from the waist down as a result of the shooting. That's so horrible. It's the worst. Like I said, like, I don't like this dude, but, like, obviously... You don't want this for, like, your worst enemy. Right. It's different to be born that way, right? Like, yeah. at least you don't know... Right. Kind of what it's like. I don't know. It's uh, not. It's both both ways fucking horrible. But if you're, if you're born that way, you quickly learn to adapt. This is a man who was, I don't know, 36, 37, 38, something like that. Yeah. And this happens. You lived more half your life a certain way and now you have right. to learn something that's in- extremely difficult it's horrible yeah so it's safe to say that this moment changed his life forever first of all the incident became the catalyst for larry to lose his faith in god wow and much of the I, yeah for real much mm-hmm. to the chagrin of ruth carter after this larry began to identify as an atheist meanwhile welcome <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Hustler Club. <laughs> We've been waiting for you. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Hustler, while Larry recovered, Althea took the opportunity to really take over on some boss shit. She was like, get this Adam and Eve shit out of here. We don't fuck with that anymore. Bring out the open vulvas. We need more open vulvas. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone had a theory about who shot Larry because the FBI who was investigating the crime had come up with like zero leads. Some thought that it might have been the CIA because Larry had published a $1 million offer for anyone who had information leading to the arrest of anyone involved in a conspiracy to assassinate JFK. Wow. Some people thought it was the mafia trying to break into the pornography business, taking out one of the competition. Some thought it was KKK because Hustler published interracial photo spreads. Others thought it was extremists on the religious right who were obviously disgusted by everything that Larry represented. Larry, being one of the biggest assholes in America, was probably wanted dead by a lot of people, if we're being honest. So aside from the obvious changes that came to Larry's life by being a paraplegic, a big one turned out to be the addiction that he developed to painkillers. In his defense, he was in almost constant excruciating pain and was having surgery after surgery to try to improve his condition. It's not like he just became a drug addict for like the hell of it. For fun, right. Yeah. And it turned out that Larry suffered from bipolar disorder, which during a psychotic manic episode turned out to be a huge underlying reason for his sudden religious awakening the year before. Wow. Kanye West vibes. (laughs) (laughs) So this obviously affected him and was also a factor when he developed his drug addiction. Another huge tragedy was that Althea also became addicted to Larry's painkillers and would inject herself with them. Oh fuck. Yeah. I like I think she was in a rough spot and I feel bad for her. It's like obviously this terrible thing happened to a man that she loved, her partner in every sense of the word, and not only did she have to essentially take over the business to keep everything afloat, but she also now had to care for a man who was suffering on all sides. Right, yeah. Unknown people might still want him dead. He's mentally ill. His body has failed him. He's in constant pain and he's now addicted to drugs. Plus, the life that you had envisioned for the both of you is now changed forever. And that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't I didn't mention it, but obviously his dick doesn't work. And this is a man who is his life. is Yeah. His life is sex. And he and Althea uh, reveled in bringing other women into their bed. And like and all of that is over. Mm hmm. 
in an instant. Um, yeah, so she was the one who had to take all of that on. And I think obviously she just broke. So the two of them rode into the 80s, unfortunately, as codependent addicts. Larry overdosed several times over the years and even suffered a stroke as a result of one of these incidents. Wow. He mostly recovered from his stroke, but it did leave him with a permanent speech impediment. And now he has a little bit of difficulty in pronunciation. But by 1983, there was some good news because after countless surgeries, doctors were finally able to get a handle on his chronic pain after the affected nerves were deadened. And as a result, Larry was able to kick his addiction to drugs. He'd basically been a recluse in the five years since the shooting, and it was around this time that he made his way back into the public eye, albeit never without a small army of armed guards. I bet. And the way he did it will be familiar to listeners of this podcast. Remember John DeLorean of the DeLorean Motor Company? Yes, I do remember that episode. That was interesting as fuck. He's someone we did an episode on a few months ago. And that episode is called Extra Extra, if you want to go back and listen. Well, John DeLorean was, of course, infamously implicated in a huge cocaine bust set up by the FBI, and it was all caught on tape. Larry had somehow come into possession of the tape and leaked it to the media, thus breaking the story. The FBI were obviously in a tizzy over the leaking of the videotape, so they asked a federal court to force Larry to reveal his sources. Larry was then brought into court so that the judge could issue his order. But Larry refused, arguing that he, like any other journalist, was protected by the First Amendment and did not have to reveal his sources. The judge disagreed and issued Larry a fine and again ordered him to reveal his sources. Then Larry showed up to court wearing an American flag as a diaper and the judge charged him with desecration of the flag for which Larry served six months in a mental institution. Wow. Isn't that like, that's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) God damn. Meanwhile, in the background of this big ass fucking mess, Larry returns to Hustler to take a more hands-on role. Althea had stepped back a tiny bit over the years while she was in the throes of her drug addiction. And the media suits who were essentially in charge of the day-to-day at Hustler had kind of been taking the magazine in a slightly more conservative direction. But now that Larry was back, once again, he and the magazine became provocateurs. He published a parody ad in Hustler that featured the Reverend Jerry Falwell, who I think might have come up in the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker episode. Oh, okay. But if he didn't, he's like one of those guys. He's like, mm-hmm. he's one of them. A super powerful, mega church, evangelical preacher. Had President Reagan's ear and shit. Jesus. Anyway, in the parody ad, Larry implied that Jerry had sex with his mother in an outhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listener, let me tell you, you do not want to piss off someone as powerful as Jerry Falwell. I bet. Right. Also, around this time, Althea was diagnosed with AIDS. (gasps) What? So everything is going to shit. Oh, my God. May, what year is this? 83. Wow. Remember that this is 1983, so this is probably one of the most devastating diagnoses that a person could get. It's like a death sentence. It's It's, a death sentence. It's fucking so scary. Yeah. Larry later claimed that despite being an intravenous drug user, Althea got AIDS from a blood transfusion during during a hysterectomy. He says that she never, ever shared needles. 
But anyway, yeah, things are bad for the Flints. Althea is sick and Larry's in an institution. He's still, he's serving the six months. Yeah. And in 1984, just as Larry gets out of the institution, Jerry Falwell sues for $45 million over the parody ad, citing libel and emotional distress. Jerry was awarded $200,000 for his emotional distress in this case. Oh, damn. Larry would appeal on the grounds that the First Amendment protect- protected parody and satire. More on that in a minute. Also in 1984, in the midst of another manic episode, Larry actually ran for president of these United States. Oh, God. I think strangely as a Very... Republican. Oh, yeah, that is that isn't right. Yeah. Come on, my dude. Can't be posting <laughs> pictures of evangelicals getting fucking their mom in a bathhouse <laughs> and then thinking you could run Republican. That's ridiculous. Didn't Kanye also want to run for president in 2020? I was about like, to say very Kanye vibes, yeah. Did you see, there's something up with, I mean, there's, obviously there's something up with their marriage, but they're not together. And oh, she during had, the quarantine? Yeah, and she had the kids and he just like took all the kids to Wyoming. Oh. Also, what's up with him in Wyoming? I don't know. Is there a little family out there or something? <laughs> I, I really wish I knew more about the Kardashians because I love that fight that they had. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about that. I'm glad I don't have a sister, man. I would be throwing down with her all the time. You 1,000% would. <laughs> i throw down with my brother. Me, I'm not going to throw down with a sister. That shit would be awful. Yeah, so he's running as a Republican. because, But it's weird because I think he's clearly a libertarian with liberal tendencies. So no. running running as a Republican just seems fucking off. Anyway, he was... Unable to gain traction as a candidate since he would have been primarying the very popular city president, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> During this period, Althea had to step her pussy up at Hustler again since Larry was otherwise undis- indisposed. Because of this, she had to abandon her passion project, which was a non-pornographic magazine called The Rage that covered the punk, the punk music scene. Oh, that would have been so cool. Yeah, that is but, so cool. Yeah. On June 27th, 1987, Althea died at age 33. What? After, after she, yeah, she passed out in their bathtub following a drug overdose and drowned. Holy shit. What do you mean? Yeah, AIDS. Larry says that in all likelihood, she didn't have much time left at that point anyway, because the AIDS was very advanced. So... Yeah, she overdosed, but she was dying. She was, like, actively dying anyway. She was barely holding on, so RIP to her. She sounds like a... She sounds cool, honestly. How old was she, May? 33. I'd like to see a story about her, like a biopic on her. Yeah. Bring Courtney... Oh, now Courtney's too old, but... Yeah. Who could do it? Is she blonde? I thought she was She's blonde. She's blonde. Yeah. Hmm. Like a dirty blonde. Okay. So Larry was devastated by her death at that point they had spent the last 16 years together yeah i bet and she and, like came up with him yes exactly Who's and i uh, know him like her and obviously they'd been through a lot together i mean she was with him before and after the shooting and like you said they came up together it's just like i can't imagine what he went through also around this time on his third appeal of the falwell case the supreme Court agreed to hear his case Remember that just four years before he was there (laughs) calling the only woman justice a cunt to her face. So frankly, I'm shocked that they took up the case. 
anyway, in a shock decision, the Supreme Court justices ruled unanimously that the Hustler ad should be protected under the First Amendment. This became one of the landmark rulings of the 20th century and probably the broadest expansion of First Amendment protections in history because the decision said that a public figure cannot sue for pain and suffering because they got their feelings hurt by something clearly ridiculous or satirical and therefore non-libelous. Damn. The Supreme Court stay woke, baby. (laughs) Uh, So a few weeks ago when I said that I had just made it up, but I knew it without a doubt to be true that Rick Solomon had the coronavirus, I was protected under the First Amendment. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Larry Flint. Ironically, after this, Larry and Jerry Falwell became friends until Jerry's death nearly two decades later. Whoa. Larry says that they would write letters to each other and have debates at universities about free speech and just came to respect one another for being good at selling what the fuck each one of them was selling, you know? I think that says more about Jerry than it does about Larry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, because Larry knows what the fuck time it is, you know, always. Right. He's keeping it real. But Jerry's on his high horse just spewing bullshit that he knows is bullshit. Yeah, exactly. He wants to see fucking... What are those pictures called again? Tacos? Pink shots. There you go. (laughs) Tacos. (laughs) Choco tacos. Oh, I love choco tacos. In 1994, serial killer and white supremacist Joseph Paul Franklin confessed to the attempted murder of Larry Flint that ultimately left him paralyzed. Whoa. Joseph said that he had become outraged by an interracial photo spread in an issue of Hustler and decided to kill Larry. Although he was never charged in connection to the specific crime, he has generally been accepted as the right suspect. Wow. He he killed somewhere between 7 and 21 victims over at least five years and was sentenced to death in the state of Missouri. Larry, who opposes the death penalty, was on record calling for the sentence to be changed. But in the end, Joseph was killed by lethal injection in November of 2013. Where was he killed? What state? Missouri. Huh. That's scary. It's always scary to me, um, serial killers, because the numbers are always like that. It's always like, he killed like, between we, five yeah. and 750 people. Right. We don't fucking know. Yeah. It's scary. And they probably don't even fucking know, you know? Right. That's cool that Larry opposed it. Right. If you don't, If you don't listen to this, like someone who is barely hanging on at this point because of the actions of this person... Who else are you going to listen to? Seriously. Like, this guy fucking ruined the trajectory of his life. Right. And he still doesn't want him to die. Larry's oldest daughter, Tanya, with whom he'd been estranged after she became a Christian anti-porn activist. Ooh, that's that's one way to say fuck you to your dad. Yeah. Well, she... I don't know how I feel about it. Okay, she released her memoir, Hustled, good title, in 1998. In it, she claimed that Larry sexually and emotionally abused her as a child. That's scary, but actually, Larry was sexually abused as a child, so... Yeah. It was not unlikely that he also did that to his own children or... You know? (sighs) Right. But we don't know. There's no, like, other... Well, Larry vehemently denied these accusations at the time. Of course he did. And he claims to have passed a polygraph test. Hmm. However, it's not like this test was done by a law enforcement agency or anything. Mm -hmm. This was a test that 
if he did take was commissioned by him for him so take that with a grain of salt right. Hon- honestly take any polygraph with a grain of salt yes it's, it's barely even a science it's not honestly it's not it's not admissible in court right so yeah Larry also claims to be in possession of a secret recording made of Tanya in which she admits that she made it all up for money. Ooh. So there's that. But I don't think that he's ever made the alleged tape public. Which, why wouldn't you? If you are if you had that and it could clear your name. But it's still his daughter. I don't know. I mean, you think there's father-daughter related? She's saying that he fucking yeah. molested no, her. No, you're you right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So, I... Like you said, I think that there's enough evidence for us to believe her. Right. Uh, but. Well, we don't the, know. That's the truth. But we, yeah. But the two things that he holds up as evidence, like, oh, look, I was I like willingly took this polygraph. And also I have this tape. Like if those two things are real, then I mean, obviously it muddies the waters. Right. Also in 98, Larry married his fifth and current wife, Elizabeth, who oh. used to be his nurse and is now an executive Ooh. at Hustler. Oh, <laughs> okay around this time he offered one million dollars during the clinton impeachment for evidence that any republicans were engaged in extramarital affairs or in any kind of sex scandal larry had been pulling this kind of publicity stunt since the early days of hustler when he offered the reward for kennedy's conspirators but in 98 someone bit and it actually took down the incoming speaker of the house bob livingston who was forced to resign in the midst of the clinton scandal wow here's when i guess nice thing that larry did here's a name i haven't heard since 2003 but do you remember private jessica lynch no private jessica lynch no yeah all right this is some early iraq war shit she was an army soldier who got captured and held as a prisoner of war and the u.s went all out to go get her ass back this is not the second part of uh that podcast right what podcast oh uh, he wasn't a prisoner of war he fucking he was a prisoner of war, but... But by his own yeah, doing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no disrespect to Jessica Lynch, but there was a lot of drama about how the story was handled here in the States. Of course, it was used as propaganda during the early days of the war. And also, she, a white blonde girl, was captured that same day along with a black single mom, Shoshana Johnson, and a First Nations woman, Lori Paestwa. And the only thing we heard about on the news every day was Jessica Lynch. Lori Paestwa actually died and was the first Native woman to die in combat for the U.S. military and the first woman to die in Iraq. Wow. But I digress. Some asshole tried to sell Jessica Lynch's nudes in 2003. <gasps> and Why? Yeah, I know. It's fucking bullshit. And, but Larry bought them so that oh. no one else so that no one else could publish them. Oh, OK. So, that's cool. So, so he did a catch and kill, which I thought was like pretty cool. Yeah, that's dope. In 2012, he offered a million dollar reward for the only Republican I acknowledge Mitt Romney's then unreleased tax returns. <laughs> Mitt, that's my boy Mitt. What I wouldn't do. What I would not do to have you as president right now, my boy. You know what I always think of in his documentary? Uh, you pointed it out to me. Like, he's just a good person. Like, he's. He like he's like getting ready to do a press conference or something and he's like, Oh, who left all this trash right here? And Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he just starts cleaning it up, like, you know, right. like he's yeah, just yeah. like a good fucking 
person. He's a good person <laughs> that obviously I disagree with on a lot of things. Me but too. Me too. He's but... A, but he's a good, he's a man with a conscience. Yeah. He's smart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how low the fucking standard uh, has fallen. Yes. Right. In 2013, Larry finished seventh in the infamous race for California governor following the recall of Governor Gray Davis. Oh, my God. We should do an episode just on that fucking... Uh, on everyone that ran? Yeah. Yeah. Because Mary Carey did that porn Mary star, Carey. remember? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to do that next episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should run as a pair. We should oh, run as a sick, pair. <laughs> I'll be VP. In 2017, Larry offered... 10 million dollars for any evidence leading to the removal of donald trump from office oh nice so if anyone has any info for that i don't i don't think it's too late yeah (laughs) um we'll be the middleman if you're scared just drop us a line at 505-539-0556 we'll be sure to get you all your money today percent eight (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah there you go today most of hustlers money comes from the hustler casinos in gardena whoa and a handful of hustler stores and clubs. The magazine is basically dead, and according to Larry, only accounts for 5% of his income. It's wild to me that, by all accounts, he is somehow more wealthy than Hugh Hefner ever was, many times over. Really? Right. He doesn't, like, exude wealth. like. And you think, what's the, what's the most successful br- brand? Playboy, Playboy or Hustler. Right. Yeah. It's got to be Playboy. But somehow when Hef died, I think he had like 40 million or something like that. He spent you know, a lot of money. But he didn't even own the mansion. Right. And, well, like the magazine owned the mansion, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Loophole. Right. If So Hef, I think, you know, is, of course, a super wealthy, died a super wealthy dude. But uh, Larry Flynn's like, like 10 Hefs. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy. But you can tell fucking Hef was a, he was like an intellectual, like he, he wanted to write a magazine for the art or, you know, of seeing these beautiful women and telling these beautiful stories or whatever. And for Playboys. Right, for Playboys. And uh, Larry Flint was a businessman who saw an opportunity. Yeah, and took it. And took it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense, like when you really think about it, but it's still like, it's weird to think about. Uh, but that brings us up to date with the man, the myth, Larry Flint, 77-year-old chicken fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Man. Way to bring it full circle. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's going to say that on his gravestone. <laughs> Larry Flint. Hustler, chicken fucker. Chicken fucker. Shout out to uh, to Althea who was a boss. Shout yeah, out to Courtney Love for playing Althea like yeah. a boss too. And uh, shout out to else? Edward Norton for being mm. Bay. Mm-hmm. Hashtag White Bay. <laughs> and actually, last night I saw a really good documentary. It's on Netflix right now. It's about the bookstore. If you're if you're from LA, you know Circus of Books. I think the documentary is called Circus of Books, but. Larry Flint made a cameo in it. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to talk about you tomorrow. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Because Larry actually... Oh, go ahead. Oh, Larry actually purchased, uh, or he published some of the first hardcore gay porn magazines in the country. Oh, that's cool. 
Yeah, because at one point, I didn't really go into it, but Hustler was not just Hustler, obviously. It was like Barely Legal Magazine, which is oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it's, that. It's like Barely Legal Magazine, These all these like gay magazines. Like He was publishing stuff that no one else would. So, yeah. Mm, that's pretty cool. Okay. That was this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Drama Club Pod. On the website, dramaclubpod.com. On the hotline, 505-539-0556. Leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Send us a tip. A dollar? Two dollars? Five dollars? A bottle of tequila? Hey, that's jazz. <laughs> Keeping us drunk. <laughs> and we'll catch you on Thursday for our next Afternoon Delight episode. Bye. Bye. However, whatever with your helmet.